BJH Hematotalks, a podcast series from the publisher of the Belgium Journal of Hematology. Hello and welcome to this podcast. With me today is Dr. Deepu Maduri to discuss the Cartitude 1 study recently presented at ASH 2020. Firstly, could you give us an overview of the study? Yes, hi. Thanks for having me on this podcast today. I'm Deepu Maduri. I'm an assistant professor at the ICANN School of Medicine. So Cartitude 1, or JNJ4528, now known as Siltacel, is a chimeric mm. antigen receptor T-cell therapy with two BCMA-targeting domains. At the past meeting, we actually presented the Phase 1b portion of the study of Siltacel, and today we'll discuss the combined Phase 1b, Phase 2 results of Cartitude 1. The reason we have to come up with CAR-Ts and products like this is because these patients with relapsed refractory myeloma, if you're pentarefractory, have an overall survival of less than five months. And so we really need to find therapies that we can give our heavily pretreated patients um, to see if we can help progress, improve their progression-free survival. So the key objective of the study was to find the safety, characterize the safety of Siltacel and confirm the recommended phase two dose, as well as evaluate its efficacy. So some of the key eligibility criteria we needed for this study was patients had to have progressive myeloma per IMWG criteria. They had to have good performance status have measurable disease, and have been exposed to at least three or more prior therapies, including a PI, an IMID, and anti-CD38, or B-double refractory. So when you look at how the study was conducted, patients are generally screened and they're enrolled, and after that they undergo apheresis and are offered bridging chemotherapy as needed. Then these patients undergo fludarabine and cytoxin as lymphodepleting chemotherapy and then get infused with siltacel on day one with a target dose of 0.75 million CAR T cells per kilogram of body weight. So on the study, we enrolled in apheresis a total of 113 patients, and in the end, 97 patients got treated with siltacel. Um, in the 97 patients, we saw that the median age was about 61 and a little bit more than half were male. We can also see that these patients were heavily, heavily pretreated as their median prior lines of therapy was six and it ranged anywhere from three to 18. I know we talked earlier about these patients being triple class exposed and penta exposed. On this study, 88% of these patients were triple class refractory. When we say triple class, we mean they've been had a PI, an IMID, and an anti-CD38. And when we talk about penta, we're talking about two PIs, two IMIDs, and an anti-CD38. 42% of these patients were actually penta-refractory. And another important thing to note on this study is that these patients were not required to be refractory to their last line of therapy. But actually, when you look at these patients, 99% of these patients were indeed refractory to their last line of therapy. So interestingly, you know, you expect, what do you expect with the one-time treatment? Um, we're giving a one-time treatment of CAR T-cell therapy, and these patients are monitored outpatient afterwards, after they're discharged from the hospital. And we actually saw a 97% overall response rate in these patients, with 67% going in stringent CR, and 93% were VGPR or better. What's even more interesting is that the responses are still ongoing in 70 of these patients at the time of data cutoff, which is 12.4 months. And I just wanted to remind you again before when I talked about the mammoth study, the progression-free survival, the overall survival, I apologize, for these patients is less than six months if they're pentarefractory. And here, we actually didn't reach a median PFS. Our overall 12-month PFS was 77%. And when we broke the PFS down by response, 
the 12-month PFS in patients who are stringent CR was 85%, and those in BGPR was 68%. So what's really interesting is that we can see that we're giving a one-time treatment, and we, we know that their progression-free survival is at least a year, because that's what was our follow-up, 12.4 months, and we know now it's going to be even more than that as we haven't reached the median PFS yet. So in conclusion, what we really saw from this study for these patients who are heavily pretreated relapse refractory myeloma, we had a 97% overall response rate with stringent, re- stringent CR rates of 67%, and with the median PFS that's not reached yet. Despite these compelling results, 67% of patients had CAR T-cell concentrations below the level of quantification at six months. Is there room for improvement in this regard? Yeah, so that's such an interesting question. I mean, when we talk about CAR T-cell therapies, we wonder, is persistence really important or not? But if you look at the overall response rate, that was 97%. Almost every single patient responded. So it actually doesn't matter in this study particularly what your persistence is. It may for some products, but we know that every product is different. Every product has different cytokine profiles. Every product has different response rates and safety signals. So I think for Cartitude or Siltacel, we actually feel that you know maybe it's below the level of detection in your peripheral blood. But what we're seeing is these patients have preferential expansion of central memory cells. And so maybe that's why, even though you don't see a lot of circulating CAR T cells in their peripheral blood, maybe they have more in their bone marrow, which we don't know how to assess clearly yet. And or maybe it's because of this effector or because of the more central memory cells rather than effector memory, these T cells, the CAR T cells are training your innate T cells on how to kill the myeloma cells. From the figures attached with the abstract, it is apparent that some patients did die after achieving a sustained complete response. Were these deaths adverse event related? And secondly, if this was the case, should we be concerned that these adverse events occurred during a period of sustained, seemingly stable, complete response? Yeah, so that's actually a really good question about the deaths. Um, in general, multiple myeloma patients are heavily pretreated, as we saw on this CARTITUDE 1 study. You know, they've had a median of prior six lines of therapy, and their treatments range anywhere from three to 18 prior lines. In addition, these patients, myeloma patients in general, are severely hypogammaglobulinemia. We usually give them IVIG because they may be prone to recurrent infections. So infections and in some heavily pretreated patients, particularly myeloma patients, are quite common. And when you actually look at the study, we had 97 patients enrolled and we had 14 total deaths on the study. Five were actually due to progressive disease, meaning their myeloma came back and then they relapsed and passed away from progression of disease. Three were actually unrelated to treatment. So one patient had pneumonia and two patients had AML, which they passed away from. So when you look down to how many patients were really affected due to the treatment, there were six patients. And a majority of these causes for these six patients were due to infection. Two patients had sepsis, one patient had lung abscess, and one patient had a respiratory failure. There was only two, st- two deaths um, that were related to the treatment due to direct CAR T-cell treatment. One was the CRS HLH that actually happened at day 99, and another one was due to prolonged neurotoxicity. Interestingly, this patient actually went on hospice, so what happened is they were lost to follow-up, and so we didn't clearly have a reason on why this patient passed away, and so we just um, called it neurotoxicity. But we don't know if the patient had an infection, if the patient had something else ongoing at home on hospice since they were lost to follow-up. We couldn't really clearly tell you what the cause of that death was. 
So in general, if you look, we had six patients out of 97 deaths, which you know are related to treatment, which is very common with the other CAR-T studies that are in line at the moment. Another interesting thing I wanted to point out was that we actually didn't see any deaths within the first 30 days of infusion of CAR-T cell or of SILTA cell. Most of these deaths were after. We had two deaths before our day 100, but the rest of them were after. So I don't think being in remission really played a role in whether or not they had an infection, because like I talked about, these patients are immunosuppressed, and so they can have other complications, just like you'd see in an allogeneic transplant patient. With the preliminary success of this intervention in relapsed and refractory multiple myeloma patients, is there scope to expand this therapy to other multiple myeloma subset populations? Yeah, that's actually currently underway. So siltacel is under further investigation in other populations of patients in multiple myeloma, particularly in earlier line settings. Because in the past, you know, in this the CARTITUDE 1 study, we mentioned patients had to have at least three or more prior lines. Now with CAR T cell therapies, we're moving it up earlier and earlier, understanding that it's safe in these three or more lines of therapy patients. We're giving it in patients who've had one prior line of therapy or patients who've undergone transplant but didn't have the response that they really wanted with transplant. So these are being studied in the CARTITUDE 2 and 4 settings, where we're using it in earlier line settings. Finally, are these results compelling enough to move to a phase 3 study? Yeah, I totally think that these results are compelling into moving into a phase 3 study. And CARTITUDE 4 is actually a phase 3 study where we're moving Mm. it up much earlier. And there's also CARTITUDE 5 and 6 that are underway where we're going to be doing phase 3 studies. Dr. Maduri, thank you very much for your time and for your professional insight. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by the publisher of the Belgium Journal of Hematology. For more hemato talks, please visit us at bjh.be. Thank you for listening.